This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Yes, it's Friday. Who is excited? I am because I get to have a date night tonight. Yes. It is Shira. Ryan is out today, but we've got so much great stuff coming up on the show. We have the top headlines of the day with experts from the Washington Post. And also, we're bringing you some of our favorite segments, too, that we've had recently that you're not going to want to miss. I'm just saying... The founder of Trans Day of Remembrance is joining us in 15 minutes. I mean, it was such an honor to talk to her. Really, you're not going to want to miss that conversation. Plus, what it means to be financially, oh, to financially cheat on your partner. I was thinking like to be financially what? No, we're talking about financial cheating. What that means at 425 p.m. Pacific, 725 p.m. Eastern. Oh, I'm excited for that combo too because I'm intrigued. But right now, let's get into somewhat trending this hour. As we know, a lot of news happening today. A heavy day for many people. The jury in the trial of Kyle Rittenhouse reached a verdict today, finding him not guilty on all counts of homicide and reckless endangerment charges. The jury heard two weeks of testimony and evidence and deliberated for around 27 hours before reaching the decision. Rittenhouse faced charges of homicide and other offenses for the fatal shooting of two men, as well as shooting um, and injuring one other man. Huber's family, who is one of the deceased, uh, released a statement today following the verdict, saying they are, quote, heartbroken and angry at Rittenhouse's acquittal, saying there was no justice today for Anthony or Mr. Rittenhouse's other victims. Rittenhouse shot the men with an AR-15-style rifle in 2020 during protests in Kenosha following the police shooting of Jacob Blake, a 29-year-old black man. And uh, during the trial, Rittenhouse did claim self-defense, while the prosecution argued that he was responsible for creating the dangerous situation. We're going to be talking more about this uh, and what this means moving forward. There's a lot of possible protests happening, a lot of people speaking up on social media. That is in 30 minutes. Now, other big news today, the White House announced that President Joe Biden temporarily transferred power to Vice President Kamala Harris while he undergoes a colonoscopy under anesthesia during his annual physical. Harris will work from her West Wing office at the White House while the president undergoes his colonoscopy. And finally, an advisory panel to the CDC voted today to uh, recommend Pfizer, BioNTech and Moderna's COVID-19 booster shots to all adults. And it's a move that simplifies who is eligible for an additional dose. So, yeah, right now, everyone's pretty much eligible if you want to get that booster shot. When are you going to get your booster? 
probably, well, at this point, I'm leaving for Thanksgiving next week. So that's already you know, happening. I would have gotten it before I traveled. But probably after that, before the end of the year, you? Honestly, I'm traumatized You're by my anxious. last one. You're a bit anxious. You're a bit anxious, yeah. So I'm already fully vaccinated. Do I really need the booster? Well, they say, you know, <laughs> after six months, your All right, immunity I goes down. I will do it in six oh. months. It hasn't oh, been so, six yeah, months. Yeah, it hasn't been six months. Yeah. There you go. I'll mentally prepare myself for the booster. Now, some lighter news today. Earlier this week, but speaking of vaccines, Sierra and her three children dropped by the White House in a push to promote vaccinations for 5 to 11-year-olds. And during her remarks, her son, Wynn, stole his mother's spotlight. He literally began to crawl around her at the podium. It's the cutest thing during her discussion on COVID-19 vaccines. She's like really serious. She's talking. She knows what she's getting into. And he's like crawling all around her. Meanwhile, she didn't miss a beat. She's a pro. And she added my son, future actually got vaccinated. And then future goes, yeah. So she said, I think the ultimate goal is to end this thing and for us all to feel a bit more safe and have an added layer of protection. So good on her for speaking out. And that was what's trending this hour. But next up, Transgender Day of Remembrance is tomorrow. The founder joins us next to share more about the origins and what she hopes to evolve it for the future. That's after this. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. It's been Trans Awareness Week and, of course, Transgender Day of Remembrance is coming up on Saturday, a day to memorialize people who have been killed as a result of transphobia. And we have the founder of Trans Day of Remembrance joining us right now, opinion columnist for the Bay Area Reporter, Gwendolyn Ann Smith. Thank you so much for being here today. It is such an honor to have you on Let's Go There. Oh, well, thank you for having me on today. I appreciate it. Well, you decided to start Trans Day of Remembrance in honor of Rita Hester. Tell us more about who Rita Hester was and why did she inspire you to do this? Rita Hester was a 28-year-old trans woman, uh, African-American, who was murdered uh, November 28, uh, 1998. Um, She'd gone to a club the night before and uh, was found the next day. Um, The reason why her case in particular uh, was actually because there was a case that had happened uh, three years prior to her death, uh, that of Chanel Pickett, who was also a young black trans woman, uh, who was also murdered, and her trial, the trial of her killer had just wrapped up like 15 months before we'd asked her. And it really struck me that um, we were seeing these cases happen and nobody seemed to be aware of them. And it felt like that lack of awareness was just causing the issue to continue to grow. Hmm. Yeah, it's so interesting because I don't think a lot of people understand um, where that comes from. Well, this day originated in its origin story, so I appreciate you for breaking that down. Um, But I also, I think there's been a lot of conversation recently, and we even had this conversation um, earlier this week about this day started for specific reasons, and it's important for all of the reasons for this to to remember the lives that were taken, to remember the lives that are still going through so much. But, you know, as days originate, they also kind of evolve in meaning. And I wonder, do you think there is a moment where this day really is is evolving into something where it's not just strictly just remembering the lives lost, but it's also celebrating what the full trans experience can be and that being joy. Yeah, I think there is some movement on that. I mean, certainly with it uh, 
kind of becoming part of Trans Awareness Week, um, you know, speaks to that, that there's a buildup for it. There's time for having other conversations and other discussions. Um, you know, I really wish that there was more room, uh, if not within this time of year, at some point during the year, to celebrate trans lives and trans joy. Yeah. Um, you know, at the same time, we're still living in a in a point in history here where 46 trans people have been killed this year. Yeah. Um, and uh, in this country, and 375 people around the world. Um, so I think we still need to hold some space for paying attention to that issue. Of course. While still considering some time for something else. Definitely. And and TDOR, as we say, Transgender Day of Remembrance, was started in... TDOR. TDOR, yeah. It was started in 1999. I mean, one, like, how do you think it's evolved? And, like, now with the age of the of social media and the internet, a new generation taking it on. Yeah, you know, in the early days, um, the internet itself, as far as, I mean, there wasn't a Twitter, there wasn't anything like that. Um those of us in the community got to know each other through, I mean, America Online back away whenever. Um, and, you know, the whole the whole thing's changed now. It used to be um, TDRs were very small events that were largely being held at trans support groups. And now it's a much, much larger thing than that uh, with social media, with, you know, events happening all over the place. Um, it's huge. It's great. Now, did you ever expect this to be such a milestone? No, I totally did not expect <laughs> it. I mean, really, when I first started to to look at the issue and talk about anti-trans violence, I felt like, you know, I'm just, I'm going to be shouting out in the void. Who's going to be paying attention to this? Um, and so it's really been uh, personally gratifying to see uh, the amount of attention that's paid to the issue. And yet at the same time, I feel, okay, we're, we know about this issue now. Uh, we're aware of this issue, and yet it's still happening. So what's next? Oh, yeah. And, and what is next? I mean, I, obviously, we hope that the, we don't have to have a day like t- today anymore, right? Or this idea of awareness for one week, there should be awareness every day. Absolutely. Um, where, you know, awareness is good, but we also need action. There's too many of us living out on the streets. Uh, there's too many of us not being able to get care, not being able to get jobs. Um, you know, there needs, there needs to be more. Well, I just have to say really quickly, that is an honor Mm -hmm. to be chatting with you. Like, honestly, I feel like I'm talking to Oprah or something. (laughs) It's I don't have any cars to give out. No, I mean, you don't even have to give me anything. Just your presence is so <laughs> amazing. And, and so I just want to give you your flowers and thank you for all oh, of the work you. that you continue to do and, and what you've done. And, and we just celebrate you here. And so thanks for joining Definitely. us. Appreciate it. That was Gwendolyn Ann Smith, an opinion columnist for the Bay Area Reporter and founder of the Transgender Day of Remembrance. Now we are definitely switching gears covering the top headline of the day. More details on the acquittal of Kyle Rittenhouse with The Washington Post next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. 
Now, a jury acquitted Kyle Rittenhouse on all counts after deliberating for nearly three and a half days, not guilty of homicide, attempted homicide, and other charges relating to the August 2020 shooting in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And joining us right now is Washington Post contributor Mark Guarino. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Now, you've been covering the verdict and trial. What makes this moment uh, so historic right now and uh, stand out from everything that we've been seeing? Well, I think because this um, this story has been with us for such a long time, especially through COVID, and I think that that really makes it very different that, um, you know, the violence that happened in uh, late uh, 2020, um, it really, um, it happened during COVID, that COVID summer following George Floyd. And I think this is a case that, um, that that really kind of brings together a lot of issues that the country is really yeah. struggling with right now in terms of militias, political division, misinformation on social media. It sort of coalesces all in this one story. And it's it's unfortunately not surprising for many people, given a you know America and the in the system and the justice system. Could anything have been do- done differently from the prosecutor's end? Well, I mean, that's what a lot of people are talking about. But, you know, what I what I saw really is that the the prosecutors really were given a short rope to walk on um, that they by by the judge. Um, There was a lot of things that he would not allow to enter the courtroom and the same for the defense, too. But but really, uh, the prosecutors didn't. just, you know, we're working with very tight guardrails, and I think that was one of it, one of the problems uh, for their side. You know, secondly, um, they uh, they had a very long witness list, and I was really surprised that they only called in, um, boy, I think their witness list was 130 people, wow. and they only brought in 22. Hmm. Um, I think the story was so long and involved that to really make it um, impactful to a juror was, was a difficult thing to to, to do. Yeah, and even one of the men who's still alive who had uh, dealt with him, Gage Grosskreutz, seemed to be the only one who was actually almost like a witness there in that way. Did his testimony help or hurt this? Um, he, it was sort of both. I mean, I think that he had really a very as a first-person narrator, I mean, he was there, and he had very emotional testimony. He also did admit that he brought the gun, handgun that he was carrying up, um, up into, you know, he had lifted his, he was shot after he was lifted his gun up, and that really worked against, um, you know, against the, the prosecution. You know, really, one of the issues the state really had to deal with is that um, that the people he shot um that that Rittenhouse had shot um, had records, and um, and there was a lot of kind of victim, really the defense really going after the wow. victims in this case, and that's a lot of noise. That's yeah. really difficult for the state to try to dissuade a jury from listening to, and um, and also not just the victims, but also what was happening in Kenosha that night, a protest over police reform and Black Lives Matter. Um, and that that it kind of erupted into something else, and so I think that that if that had happened, if, if what had happened 
had happened on a main street in America outside of all that, I think we'd have a very different feelings about this case. But if that had to bring in all of the outside noise that had that that really surround those issues that really had nothing to do with Kyle Rittenhouse and the, and his victims. It's unfortunate. What reactions are you seeing, including from the families? I mean, I know they've been making statements. I, I've obviously been on social media. Uh, my heart really uh, broke as I, I heard the announcement. And just to hear how much people are hurting, a lot of people even feel numb. But what are you seeing right now and in Kenosha? In Kenosha right now, it's uh, the sun's going down. It's about 440 here. And so um, there's a lot of traffic coming in out the interstate. I think that we're waiting to see whether there's going to be any significant protests tonight. But um, I know that there's been calls in Chicago for people to kind of come up to here, which is only about an hour away from Chicago. So, um, you know, that's to be seen what's going to happen tonight. I do know, you know, I talked to some of the victims, <clears throat> families, and, you know, it really ranges from just real anger to profound, I would say profound sadness. Yeah. So I think that that really is, um, you know, the, the victim families live here largely. They know the community's divided. It's very divided politically. It's not red or blue. And you know, it's very, very mixed here or very down the middle here like the rest of the country. So I think that as one uh, relative, Anthony Huber, told me that they, she said that, um, in a way that she expected something like this and that like because the community is so so divided here on those political issues so yeah but but you know i think a profound sadness is probably the best way to describe um how those people are feeling definitely and many are calling out biden's statements he said while the verdict in kenosha will leave many americans feeling angry and concerned myself included we must acknowledge that the jury has spoken uh what do you think about Biden's statement, which is now being definitely called out as being you know, tone deaf and just not the right thing to say right now? Well, I mean, his statement is very similar to other other officials that, you know, it's not I think it's getting a lot of attention because he's the president. But his statement is echoing a lot of the mayor of Chicago put out a similar statement. Um, officials in Wisconsin put out similar statements. I think that um, um, he came as well as. Then President Trump both came here after the, um, you know, what happened in August 2020. I feel like he had to address it in some way. I I don't really have um, a feeling either way. I think if yeah. he didn't say something, people would be really upset about it. So um, he has a connection to it. He was here a, co- a week after it happened, and um, and um, and again, it's very similar to what other officials on the ground are saying, I think he's getting all the attention because he's the president, which I suppose is very natural. Definitely. Well, thank you for joining us and for your reporting about this. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, that was Washington Post contributor Mark Guarino. And moving on, who could be the country's first out lesbian governor? That and more next on What's Trending This Hour. Stick around. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Okay, we are back. More music coming up on this lovely Friday right here on Channel Q. Uh, But lots coming up on the show, including what transgender travelers want other travelers to know in 15 minutes. Plus, what does it mean to financially cheat on your partner and why more people are actually doing it? Could could this be happening to you? Could your partner be financially cheating on you? That's at 425 p.m. Pacific, 725 p.m. Eastern. First, let's get into some what's trending this hour, though. In 2013, Tina Kotak made history when she was elected as Oregon's Speaker of the House and became the first out lesbian speaker in any state house in the country. She's still in that role today, but guess what? She's now trying to make a a new rainbow ceiling, or break it at least. She is running for governor of Oregon, and Kotak could become the nation's first out lesbian governor. A little bit of an early Yaz queen. She said to LGBTQ Nation, It's an honor and frankly a privilege to be a trailblazer in this regard. I think for me it comes down to what message it sends to young people. It is still hard out there. And House Democrats have finally passed President Biden's sweeping social spending bill and climate change bill after months of feuding. Uh, But that has new questions over whether the $1.9 trillion measure can survive the Senate and then offer the short-term jolt of political energy and support that Biden needs for his presidency. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki actually mocked Kevin McCarthy's eight-and-a-half-hour speech against the Build Back Better Act for not including arguments against the bill. Well, Kevin McCarthy uh, said a lot of words, a lot of words, I just want to emphasize that, uh, over the course of eight and a half hours. Um, For those of you who didn't watch all of it, uh, he uh, mused about, he shared his wish that he could have been in Tiananmen Square. Uh, He mused about whether or not Abraham Lincoln was actually assassinated. He shared his uh, hope or his thought or dream, I'm not sure, about picturing America in a swim meet after World War II against every other country. But in eight and a half hours, what he did not talk about was cutting the cost of childcare, cutting the cost of elder care, what we were going to do around the country to bring more women into the workforce, to protect our climate, uh, and that for generations to come. Uh, that, in our view, tells you all you need to know about Kevin McCarthy's agenda and what he supports. Burn, Zachy, burn. Now, Ashi announced a national lockdown and a plan to mandate vaccinations as coronavirus infections hit a record high today, forcing the government to walk back promises that strict shutdowns were a thing of the past. 
And the proposed mandate is unclear, but a blanket requirement would be a first for a Western country. Chancellor Alexander Schallenberg said those who didn't comply would likely be fined, but gave no other details. Yikes. And now some fun entertainment news. Drew Barrymore took a run at convincing Gail King to give dating apps a try on her talk show. And the results are pretty hilarious. Know them. And it is so hard on dating apps. I feel like I'm always swiping left because they're too young. I don't know who they are. You are you on a dating app swiping left? I do get on dating apps. Do, do you? I talked to you about this. I think you should but do I thought you said I want to do it I with thought you, you said you wouldn't do it. I, I dip in and out. You told me you said I'm not going to do it. No, I do. I Every once in a while. And then really? I like freak out and yes. jump off. If I could do it and people wouldn't know it was me, I would do it. Wait, yeah. why but, not but knowing is, it was you? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It just feels, I don't know. Isn't that getting off on a weird foot? Yeah, I know. But mm-hmm. I wish I was brave enough to do it. I do. Well, you're I prefer to meet person. somebody through a friend of a friend of a friend or you meet somebody somewhere. I don't know. But I believe that there's a lot of nice single people out there, and we're like, mom, mom, fish, uh, not fish, ships passing through the night, yeah. just going past each other. Mom, you know why? Mom, mom, mom. You have to go out if you're single and you don't want to date online. You have to go out by yourself. You have to go sit at a bar because if but you're with a group of people, that, no, no one's going to approach you. No. So you're going so, out with insulated by friends. Yeah. You won't go online. Gail, no. it's not going to happen. Ross, Ross. Ooh, our friend Ross Matthews calling Gail King out about her dating. I mean, it's true. She wasn't helping herself there. I mean, saying that you're single and you want to meet someone, but then you're not, literally not going to do anything about it. That's my biggest pet peeve, by the way. So my housemate, that's like him. He, and he definitely doesn't listen to the show, so I can kind of drag him. Um, but yeah, like he's single. He wants to meet someone. He goes to bars and he's like, you know, he's 60 years old almost. Oh, yeah. But producer Vanessa knows. I do know him. And, you know, and he just hangs around. And no offense, like a lot of young women, which is fine. Good on him. But then these aren't people that necessarily want to be with him or want a partnership like he wants. And then he's like complaining that he's not meeting anyone relevant. But then I go to him. Well, what are you doing? He definitely is at bars alone. I don't know if that helps him. Maybe that'll help. (laughs) Anyway. All right. That was what's trending this hour. But after this, what transgender travelers want other travelers to know about their experience and how we can all be better, not just allies, but accomplices. That's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. While it's Transgender Awareness Week, many in the community are sharing what they experience daily and what deserves attention and action, including while traveling. One of those individuals is traveler, trans, and non-binary autistic advocate, Kaylee Whalen, who joins us now. Kaylee, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Well, you are in Guatemala right now, so we so appreciate that (laughs) and for you being here with us. How have you made travel a positive experience for you since it isn't that for many trans individuals and it might not even be that for you? Well, you know, it's taken a long time for me to get over some of the fears. I think for a lot of trans people, those fears are real. Uh, Things like not having ID documents that match or worried about being searched at airport security because of how gendered kind of airport screenings are. But for me, you know, what's made transgender uh, travel uh, worth it or traveling while transgender is actually meeting trans folks in other countries and um, taking a time to kind of get to know LGBT communities around the world, including recently in Latin America and uh, in 2019, 2020, uh, traveling in um, Southeast Asia. 
Wow. And you're so fortunate to be able to do that. I'm so happy you're you're reframing what that is for you as well. How much of a game changer is the ex-gender marker on passports right now? I think that really remains to be seen. Um, trans people are kind of feeling that one out. And I don't think there's like a critical mass of people who tried it out, but I do really, you know, feel for, you know, kind of my non-binary siblings for whom that feels really validating for them. Um, I guess it is a positive step forward. It's something that people in other countries wish. Like I actually went to a, you know, LGBT event in Thailand and they had a like ID marker, like photo booth. And one mm-hmm. of the things that trans advocates in Thailand are advocating for is to have the X gender marker or rather than an X, it's a Thai word, but anyways. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And thank you for that perspective of what's happening internationally as well. I mean, it can be dangerous for so many in the community. And the fact that you are going out of your way to have these experiences and share it with everyone is very special. Yeah, of course. I just want to encourage more trans and non-binary people to travel because while there's there's very real fear, I think it's it's ultimately worth it. And coming to Guatemala has very big. Has, sorry if there's background noise. No um, I'm I'm at a little hostel overlooking a lake and some volcanoes. And there's a lot of folks here. But okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's Panaha Shell on Lake Atitlan. But what I was saying is. Um, Guatemala has been very much like kind of coming to terms with my identity, coming to terms with my family's history. My grandmother was Guatemalan. My grandfather and grandmother raised my mom in Queens, New York, and then moved back to Guatemala uh, to retire and kind of learning about and meeting their family and meeting, um, you know, their friends and, and learning more about their history. That's not something I would have been able to or confident to do years ago. And in fact, you know, one thing I discuss in my video about traveling while trans, which is on YouTube at youtube.com slash Kaylee. Well, yes, but my out. traveling, my traveling while trans video, I, I discuss how personal it is to me because I didn't get to attend my grandmother's funeral because I was afraid of my ID documents mm. not matching and having the right passport. And, um, one of the things I did here was celebrate Dia de Muertos and visit their grave. So, Wow. I, I'm happy that you're finally getting to do that. What should other travelers know who are allies and accomplices? Um, well, for, for allies and accomplices, I mean, just being there and being supportive, knowing that it's going to be anxiety-inducing for, for a trans person to go through any kind of border security or airport security. Um, I mean, I think we need to rethink kind of how gendered that security screening is because there's a lot of trans people that get harassed because if you do or don't know, but the uh, scanner, uh, one of the brands is ProVision L3. There's there's a trans woman who recorded a punk song about how horrible this scanner is. But uh, these scanners, you know, someone presses a pink or blue button and they just assume your gender in like a matter of seconds. And if you know, like your body doesn't buy, you know, anatomically match what they're expecting. They're going to think you're carrying a bomb or that what's this, you know, like if, and, and it it might be very demeaning and humiliating. And this is something that, you know, TSA says they honor trans people, but there's horror stories everywhere about trans people getting mistreated and 
this is this is an area that the National Center for Transgender Equality put together a guide about knowing your rights at airport security. Mm -hmm. And I think it's an area of advocacy to improve um, conditions. Definitely. Well, thank you for everything that you do. And uh, again, people could follow you on YouTube and social media at Kaylee Whalen. Right, right. So it's Kaylee Whalen, K-A-Y-L-E-Y. W-H-A-L-E-N. And then also my my um, blog is transworldview.com. So I have my YouTube and my blog and both talk about traveling while trans. Love it. Well, thank you. Hope to have you back. That was Kaylee Whalen, a, a traveler, trans and non-binary autistic advocate, writer and digital media specialist. Have a great time in Guatemala. Thank you so much. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. Wow, a beautiful rendition of Chandelier by Sia. I was feeling that one. Lots coming up on the show, though, right now, including, by the way, more music on Channel Q. If you are wondering, we are coming back to that music. Uh, But in 15 minutes, we're going to be talking about financial cheating, and a therapist is joining us to break that down. But first, let's get into some What's Trending This Hour. On Saturday, Q Bell will help lead a vigil for Transgender Day of Remembrance, an annual observance to honor the memory of transgender homicide victims that began in 1999. Um, he is the executive director of the Knights and Orchids Society, a nonprofit group based in Selma, Alabama, Alabama that supports black, transgender, queer, and gender nonconforming people. And he has been an advocate for more than a decade. But he said this year is going to be different. He added, this is literally the first time that I'll have to write down my best friend's name for a TDOR celebration. It's really going to hit differently. Bell's friend Mel Groves died October 11th. After having been shot multiple times, he was a black transgender man studying plant and soil uh, science at Alcorn State University in Lorman, Mississippi. So sad and tragic. So again, Trans Day of Remembrance is tomorrow. Uh, So let's just remember all those who have lost their lives and a reminder of the action that still gets to be taken to make sure this does not continue. Now... Let's move on to what's happening with the IRS and cryptocurrency. You might want to listen up to this one. Almost all of the money seized by the IRS over the past fiscal year was in, not surprisingly, cryptocurrency. They announced that yesterday, a strong indication of just how common it has become in the criminal world. The unit seized $3.5 billion in cryptocurrency in non-tax investigations over the past fiscal year, making up 93% of its overall seizures from October 1st, 2020 to September 30th, 2021. The report marks a sharp turn towards Bitcoin and other crypto for the IRS, where digital money has quickly become the dominant form of payment in criminal cases where the agency seizes funds. And also just for people who don't think about their taxes sometimes when it comes to that. So you just might want to get some advice from a tax professional about your cryptocurrency uh, this year. 
Now, Kim Kardashian had a pretty productive week besides taking a lot of pictures with Pete Davidson. She's actually continuing to do great work for the world. She helped fly Afghan women soccer players and their families to the U.K., Uh, She also successfully helped persuade the governor of Oklahoma to commute the death of a sentence of Julius Jones. So good on Kim Kardashian for continuing to do great work. Now let's move on to Adele, who, of course, is promoting her new album. She's graced the cover of the latest issue of The Face, which is on newsstands now. She spoke about stepping away from social media, despite having profiles, obviously, on platforms like Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, which you might be following. She said, I just would find myself not getting my errands done for the day. It's made me, uh, it's made to be addictive. It does a very good job of it. I hear you, Adele. I hear you. Maybe that's why she was able to create a great album and just focus on her work. Because she got off social media. Something maybe we should all do. She added, there could have been something really pressing. If I had to do, I wouldn't get it done because I'd be looking at someone else's life or looking at nail designs or interior design sites or reading hours of news that made me actually feel bad about the world. It just effing set me back. I had to catch up on all my stuff I had to do. Adele, another reason why I love her. She's just like all of us, right? And that was what's trending this hour. Next up, your partner might be financially cheating on you. We'll tell you more about the growing trend next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Are you a financial cheater? Well, according to a poll from the National Endowment for Financial Education, 43% of adults with combined finances and relationships said they've committed an act of financial deception. Joining us again is Adam Cole, a couple's financial coach, and he also hosts the Couples Financial Coach podcast. Thanks for joining us again. Sure. Thank you so much for having me. So, yes, this is an intriguing topic. What does financial cheating mean? Yeah. So I was really excited to see this article trending because there is a lot of deception. And listen, I'm not going to say that there's one universal definition, but if you and your significant other have certain agreed upon rules, norms, expectations about when you're going to tell each other about purchases and the things you're going to share with each other. If you are going against that, right, then Mm. I think we can say this is something where you might want to pause and really check in with yourself. Yeah. Why do so many people do that I mean, are they thinking that it's okay, it's not a big deal, oh, I'll let them know a bit later? Like, is it that they're not taking finances in that way so seriously? I think, from my experience, I mean, the study didn't talk about this necessarily, but I see that people have so much shame, anxiety, fear around money, uh, because it's such a taboo topic still for us, and We all grew up with our own kind of funky stuff around plenty of things and money is one of them, right? And so when you end up with someone else in a relationship, uh, they have their own unique history and oftentimes we attract someone who compliments us, but it's only complimentary if we are able to communicate in a healthy way. If not, it actually seems, oh my God, we're so different, right? And I see this all the time with clients, whether one grew up poor and one upper middle class, Mm -hmm. or they both grew up the same way, they'll often have two different points of view. So when the topic comes up, one person can get defensive or anxious, and then people just kind of back away, right? Because we don't usually love conflict. And one way to avoid conflict is to 
not speak up even when you made a purchase that might be something your partner wouldn't love. Yeah, it's it that is definitely hard and that's why sometimes people end up trying to have their own financial independence so that they can make those decisions without feeling judged right? mm-hmm. <laughs> in that way. But then there's something yeah. to be said about kind of respecting what your partner says or understanding where they're coming from and how it could possibly help you. I mean, that's so funny because I kind of feel that right now where I share a credit card with my partner. We're still the begin- like beginnings of our deeper relationship but i've been putting a lot of stuff on it and i I, sometimes i'll be like oh so what is this for like and i could in my head i'm feeling even though i don't think he's judging me i feel a bit judged because there's certain things i'm putting my money towards that i know he doesn't really think about in that way he doesn't prioritize those things they're just different things Mm -hmm. right and it's bringing up a lot of interesting stuff for me of like maybe i should put it on my other credit card so he just doesn't see it Right. And, you know, what you're speaking to is something that couples are dealing with, that my clients are dealing with all the time. And let's say you choose, okay, we're going to have some joint finances and some separate, which is very common these days. The question is still, well, what is considered a joint expense, right? And how do we think about that? And if something is kind of on the borderline, are we going to have a healthy conversation about it? Are we going to feel judged and judgmental? And because of that fear, right, people just, again, would rather often avoid it. And so they just rather not say. And of course, I just want to be clear to distinguish this from a situation where uh, there's abuse or the specter of abuse and you're trying to protect oh, yourself yeah. by placing money into an account somewhere True. because that's one of the things that holds people back from leaving, you know, we're talking here about a reasonably healthy relationship, right? Where it's, you don't have to say everything that you do or everything that's on your mind about money or anything else, but it is important that the two of you have a sense of trust that you can talk about important and challenging things. And then that you also create expectations and both honor them. Yeah. And kind of like understand why you might feel uncomfortable, like be curious about that. And like that could open up a whole conversation that gets you closer. But I guess what is your advice? Like, how do you work with couples on this? Well, I mean, of course, the first hope is that we can catch up early enough. Right? Like I'll work with a lot of couples who maybe want to get married, but aren't yet. And so we can get things going in a healthy direction and a constructive way before there's even a chance for something like financial cheating or financial infidelity to happen. If you're listening and it's something that you've dealt with, first of all, remember the study said it's almost half of people. So you're not alone. doesn't make you a bad person and it's not impossible to recover from. But what you're going to want to do is open up and tell your partner the truth as soon as you can take responsibility for it, right? And not try and shift the blame. But then once you've apologized and shown that remorse and acknowledged your role, then it becomes, well, how can we connect, right? What kind of work do I have to do? What kind of work do we have to do as a couple so that in the future, there's enough trust and safety there so that I can come to you with these types of things And what I recommend there, I think is always a great first step is don't run to the calculators and the spreadsheets and the budget, but rather just like you said here, that word curious is such a beautiful word. Like, Hey, can you tell me some of your, you know, viewpoints around money? How did your parents handle money Mm -hmm. and how does that affect you? Uh, What is 
your culture or religion say or what are the norms and stereotypes around your ethnicity or your gender around money and how do those affect you yeah, or not right and, and there's so many questions like that right i mean that jewish stereotype i mean oh, i'm jewish and, me too right and yeah yes uh, you know i think <laughs> and you know <laughs> it's, it's like the, right the names are can be a giveaway right but that stereotype of the jew as a cheap right penny pinching person i had once someone in a workshop who realized that she was paying for her friend's dinner all the time, even though they didn't need it. And even though she had a bunch of debt and she realized, Oh my God, there's a part of me that's trying to prove I'm not that person. Yeah. Right. I totally get that. Oh my God. So interesting. All right. <laughs> we do need to wrap up, but thank you so much for all of this. We really appreciate it. And of course you can get more advice like this from Adam Cole on his podcast, the couples financial coach podcast. Definitely check it out. Thank you so much again for being here, Adam. Thank you, Shira. Have a great night. Yeah, you too. Have a great weekend. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Okay, we're wrapping up the shows we always do with our Yaz Queen of the Day. Yes. This is, yes. Oh, you, queen. I wasn't oh, waiting yeah. for that. I was I'm just going to go right into it. Yes, Queen uh, Channeling Ryan. Yes, producer Vanessa over there. And we want to give a big shout out to all the guests that came here on the show this week to talk more about trans awareness week we did so many great stories so many powerful interviews we discussed cancer treatment for trans patients we talked with them.us which is a great publication we had the privilege today of talking to Gwendolyn Ann Smith the founder of the transgender day of remembrance all of that and more you can catch up on those interviews and everything at wearechannelq.com and as always our podcast which is on the Odyssey app or where podcasts are available. Just go to Let's Go There. Cheer and Ryan. I also want to give a shout out to The Morning Beat because they also did a bunch of interviews with transgender people. So go check out The Morning yeah. Beat on our site. And of course, we say this, we hear this all the time. Hopefully most of us know this, but we all get to be active participants in the change that gets to happen. There is still a crisis that we're in. Way too many trans individuals are impacted by this, attacked, murdered this has got to stop this has got to stop and so again every day is a day to remember and to take action and make a change so that does it for our show today and our yes queen yes queen yes and i'm so excited because shara josel is joining us on next week's show leading up to thanksgiving we love having her on so stick around for that we're going to be bringing you a lot of fun stories around the holidays. <laughs> Shira's laughing because she doesn't like what I put in there. I need holiday ideas, people. DM us. Oh, yeah, at LGT show. It's only one brain here. Just get it. <laughs> I mean, no. I, what we will be talking about, which I love, I actually really do like this, the idea of saying grace and how religious or not the meaning behind it. Because, you know, I, I'm i Jewish, but I'm not religious. And I, I've been wanting to do that more where I, you could, like, do something to your food. Like, give it good vibes. So, like, what can you bring into your holiday gathering? Your yeah. crystals. Yes, bring your crystals <laughs> home and see what, what your family thinks. That would be funny. Okay, uh, again, we are back weekdays here live on Channel Q2 to 6 p.m. Pacific, 5 to 9 p.m. Eastern. I told you about the podcast. You could find us everywhere. And you could stick around for more of music. What's popping with DJ Alex D right after this? Have a great weekend. Bye. 
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 